Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. We're going to be talking about our three T's today. We're in a series uh, where we're going to be talking uh, about In God We Trust. In God We Trust. Maybe. Sometimes. If I'm honest, do I? Do I live that way? Does... Do I? So a couple weeks ago, um, uh, Pastor Gary spoke and he talked about uh, he talked about David and how David was given the plans to build the temple and those plans were handed down to Solomon. Right? God looked at David and said, "You're not going to build it, but your son will." So he passes these things down to Solomon, and so here's here's Solomon. Solomon has been handed these things. And now Solomon is faced with this giant dilemma of he's got to continue on his father's legacy. And we're going to look at how the three T's tie in to what he was talking about. So we're going to be looking at the three T's today. We're going to start, though, in Psalms. We're going to start hearing from David, the guy who was handed these plans to build a temple that would be a place for God's spirit to rest. Because at that point, it was just inside this tent. And David's looking and going, this isn't right. God should have a house. Like, God should have a place where people can go and worship him. God, and it shouldn't be just some little house. It should be a giant house. And then God hands down the plans to David. David writes this, though. In Psalm 24, 1 through 2, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and built it on the ocean's depths. Pastor Justin talked about this last week. Everything belongs to God everything. The money that is in your bank account belongs to God. The talents that you have inside of you belong to God. The time that you have belongs to God. Everything belongs to him. And so the more that we realize that, the, the more we're going to realize this next statement. Listen, if you just pay attention to the next thing I'm about to say, you don't have to pay attention to anything else the rest of the time I'm up here. If this is the only thing that you grab a hold of and realize, then, then you can just like zone out. And all the teenagers are like, oh, thank God. Mom, dad, he said I could get on my phone. Is that okay? Please. <laughs> Maybe. Still listen. You might learn something. God is the owner. We are the stewards. God is the owner. We are the stewards. The sooner that we realize that when it comes to everything in life, the quicker we realize and the quicker that we're going to get to a place where we can truly see God's best for us, where we can see God working in our lives, right? And this is true for not just three T's. This is, this is true for anything in life. God is the owner. We are the stewards. So how am I doing with managing the things that God has given me? So here's David. David is about to die. David is at the end of his life. He hands off, he's getting ready to hand everything off to Solomon. And he's like, all right, I, like I've collected. They, they went and they had the biggest building campaign that anybody has ever had where people are legitimately just coming and throwing jewelry and they're coming and throwing money and they're coming and throwing goods and they're coming and throwing all of this stuff at the feet of David and going, please build a house for the Lord, build a house for the Lord, build a house for the Lord. And David is just like, Wow. It got to the point where David had to look at everybody and go, hey, everybody, we have enough. Please don't bring anything else. We, we have so much 
that we don't, we, please stop bringing stuff. Please stop. I can't, I can't, I don't have any more storehouses to keep what you guys are bringing me. Please stop. And this is what he's handing off to Solomon. I I would not want to be Solomon in that moment. For one thing, Solomon was very young. Solomon was a teenager when he took over as king. Solomon was young, very young. And here's David handing everything off to him. So he turns around and Solomon is becoming king and he's like, all right, great. What do I do do now? What what do I do? The Bible says that in, uh, in 2 Chronicles this is, I'm going to just kind of summarize the story from 1, 1 to 12, if you want to look at it later, Second Chronicles 1, 1 through 12. God shows up, and he looks at Solomon, and he goes, Solomon, he goes, your father David was my faithful servant, and I see that you're king now. You can ask me for anything you want right now, and I'll give it to you. What do you want? And Solomon's sitting there, and he goes, you know, God, these people are a tough people that I've been called to reign over. And I'm young. Can you please give me wisdom and show me how to lead? Can you, can you please just show me, God, because outside of you showing me and outside of the wisdom that I know comes from you, I'm not going to know how to manage this. I'm not going to know how to lead this. I'm not going to, I'm going to mess it up. God, I need wisdom. And God looks at him and says, Solomon, because you ask, can we, first of all, can we just recognize that him asking for wisdom was wisdom, right? Like, I'm, if I'm honest, right, like, I don't know if I'd ask for wisdom. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's a lot of other stuff that could be really good in life. But Solomon says, can I have wisdom? And God says, all right, because you asked me for wisdom, you're going to know how to manage these people, but you're also going to know how to manage money. And I'm going to make sure that you are the richest king. This is what it says in the Bible. You are the richest king that ever will be. You are the wisest king that ever will be. And you will have more fame and more recognition than any other king that will ever come after you. And we see that true to this day. Solomon's court. We, we, we see all kinds of things that, that reference back to Solomon. Even Jesus referenced himself as a better Solomon at one point. That's high praise when Jesus is using you as like a benchmark. So we, we see this in Solomon's life and he asks for wisdom. He doesn't ask for money. He doesn't ask for anything like that because he recognizes that he needs God's wisdom to be able to manage the things that God has given him. Do we feel that way towards God? God, I need your wisdom to properly manage the things that you have entrusted to me. Because once again, it goes back to the idea of that God is the owner. I am the steward. It is my job to manage what God has given me. It is my responsibility to properly uh, distribute and properly oversee the things that belong to God. When I start looking at stuff that way, it starts to change my perspective at how I look at myself. So continuing on uh, with Solomon. Solomon, now Solomon has this task of building this temple. He looks at it and realizes, one, this is not going to be like some like quick overnight project right? This isn't going to be like a, hey, in a couple months, we're done. They didn't have power tools back then, right? 
They didn't have, you know, these, these fancy machines to be able to do all of this stuff really quickly. For anybody who's ever worked in construction, right, they used hand saws. They used cubits to measure. So then like now they're all measuring from like their elbow to their fingertips, which if you look at it, like all of us have different elbow to fingertips. I still haven't figured that one out. If I'm building on this side and like, you know, somebody else is building on the other side and they're a little bit smaller than me and their forearms are like, like how is it not a lopsided building? I still have not figured that one out. Did they make like one like cubit stick at the beginning of every project? And they're like, here, this is the stick that we're gonna use to measure everything so that we're doing the same thing the right way. I don't know. I have not gotten into like how they built everything, you know, back in Bible times. I haven't studied that part yet. Maybe I should. But this was not going to be something quick. But the cool thing is, is that he already had the plans. Because God had already given him the plans. Here's the plans on how you're going to build it. This is just me speculating. But I really think that if God gives you a building plan, there's probably going to be this like super efficient, super effective way that he has doing it that is going to get it done quicker than you should take you to do it. Because he's just smart like that. God is just that wise. So the question becomes, do we look at the vision that we feel like God has given and look at God and say, God, my time belongs to you. How do I manage it with wisdom? Because if we're honest, a lot of times it's really easy for us to fall into one of two camps when it comes to, to managing our time. Uh, the first one is that, is that we, we simply don't do anything. In Proverbs, Solomon wrote this. It says, but you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a, bandit, like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. How many of you hit the snooze button? <laughs> Solomon just said it's not wise to do that. Right? Solomon just said, like, how long are you going to keep hitting the snooze button? How long are you going to be like, oh, just five more minutes. Five more. <laughs> five more minutes. Like me personally, I hate napping. I hate napping because I feel like it's a waste of life. That's just me. Some of you were like, that's heresy. I'm leaving right now. <laughs> you should never talk like that ever again because that is just ungodly. Well, it says stop sleeping. That's what the Bible says to me, right? I'm taking that completely out of context. So don't think that you can build a theology about how we shouldn't nap because the Bible says in Proverbs, like, don't, don't, don't do that. But laziness is actually a, a lot of times we look at that and we would say that's a waste of talent, but really it's a waste of time and talent because I'm wasting both. I'm wasting my talents, but I'm also wasting my time, right? And a lot of us, if we're honest, are probably some of the world's best procrastinators, right? Especially if you're like, um, you know, we do disc testing in uh, growth track. If you're a an, an high I for anybody who's ever done disc testing, um, it means that you're very much like, you know, that like bubbly, love being around people, love everybody around you, and it doesn't matter if it has to get pushed off as long as you're spending time with people and like be honest, like procrastinator, um, which I can fall into very easily. Uh, but a lot of times that's actually just bad time management on our parts. And, and do I really look at my time as though it belongs to God in everything that I do? 
Now, we can also fall on the other side where, uh, where we can say yes to everything, right? This is another one of the downfalls of time management. We say yes to everything. We don't know how to say no, right? And it's like, well, it's all good stuff, right? I should just say yes to it because it's all, it's all good stuff, right? But even Jesus knew how to say no. Jesus in Mark, the very first chapter of Mark, Jesus is, is there and he's, he's healing people. He's preaching to people. He's, he's performing miracles. He's casting out demons. And it says that the next day he woke up, his disciples come in and he's like, they're like, Jesus, there's a whole bunch of people out here waiting for you to come do it again. Let's go. And Jesus looks at him and goes, nope, let's leave. Nope, let's go. It's not time. It's time to go. Jesus went every single morning to the Father and got his schedule for the day from the Father. Man, what if we started living like that? Going to God and saying, God, how do you want me to spend my time today? God, what is the plan that you have for me today and this morning? God, how do you want me to spend my time? Saying yes to everything isn't good. We have to get to the point where we learn to say no, even to some good things to be able to properly manage our time and be effective. Because I'm going to tell you a secret. Busyness does not equal good stewardship of our time. Busyness, man, I want to say that again. Busyness does not equal good stewardship of our time. Just because I am busy and filling my time does not mean it's a good thing. One, everybody should have a day of rest. If you do not have a day of rest, you need to do like you need to really make some time changes in your life because you're going to burn yourself out you're going to hurt yourself something bad is going to happen we see this jesus god himself is the one who established the sabbath a day of rest because our bodies need it our minds need it and this is where it is good to have a hobby like having a hobby is good within time management as long as it doesn't overtake your life it is good to do things it's good to go play golf right? I need to say that just for myself. It's good to knit. It's good to crochet. It's good. Reading can be a habit. If that is your hobby and reading is your hobby, that is a good thing. Go read, go do whatever you want to do within, within your hobby, like spend time and, and, and do that, do those things because you need it. Your mind needs it, right? People try and tell me like, I am that guy that my head hits the pillow and my head may hit the pillow, but my mind has not stopped. That's, that's me. I laid in bed last night, I laid down, and I laid in bed for two hours last night because I could not get my mind to stop. And everybody looks at me and goes, read. That is the worst thing I can ever do before I try and go to sleep because it makes my mind race more. For me, and a lot of people would see this as bad time management, this is a waste of time. Do you really do that? For me, one of the best things I can do to help myself go to sleep at night is play video games. I know that sounds bad. And you're gonna have a bunch of people cheering. I'm so happy that you cheer right? It makes me feel like I'm not alone. I'm not weird. I'm 35 and I still play video games and it's okay. <laughs> but it calms my mind down at night, like playing with, and I play with guys that are here at the church and I, and, and we play video games together at, late at night after my kids and after my wife have gone to bed, I play video games with them for a little bit. And I just like, it helps me decompress being able to like, you know, parachute out of a plane and go do contracts and all kinds of other stuff. Like it helps me out doing these kind of things. Like it, my mind, it's just like, it stops my mind. You have to manage your time though. 
And whether it's busyness or laziness, it's very easy to fall into one of those two places. But when we start looking at our, at our time as belonging to God, it starts making us change. How do I manage my time? Am I managing it effectively? Am I managing it by making sure I'm investing in my family? Am I managing it by making sure I'm investing in my neighbors? Am I managing it by making sure that I'm investing it in the right places? Because time is an investment. But how are you investing what God has entrusted you with your time? So Solomon's got the plans. He's ready. Now, now the talents come up, right? And a lot of times we can look at our talents right? I just said our talents as belonging to us. My talents are something that I possess. It is something that belongs to me. And this gets shot out of the water really quick in the Bible, because in Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 20, it says this, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. In other words, he gives you the ability to go do the work to be able to get a paycheck. And so confirms his. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nation the Lord destroyed before. So no break in context of what he's saying there. And he's legitimately looking at you and saying... If you begin to worship yourself as though your talents and abilities come, to come from you and not from me, you surely will be destroyed because it's like worshiping another god. Man, that's deep. <laughs> that, that, that hits me, right? Because how many times have I looked and like, if I'm honest, I might not say it out loud, but, I, but something happens and I have that like, you know, tick of pride inside of me like, ooh, that was good. Like, I just did a really good job. I just, like, I nailed that. Yes. That interview, nailed it. And it's like, nope, it's God. No, it's his talents. Solomon recognized this as he's building the temple. Because Solomon looks and, and, he's, and he's saying, hey, he, he winds up writing to, uh, to these guys that are known as the best woodcutters. And he writes to them and he goes, listen, I'll pay you whatever you want. I'll pay you a king's ransom because I know that the talent that you have is equal to what I need to be able to build God's temple to its best. I know that you have the best talent, so I want you and I'll pay you whatever it costs. But do we manage our talents properly? Do, do, do we use them effectively? One of the coolest things that's happened within the past year that I absolutely love uh, is that Mike and Lauren Picardi have gotten plugged into a connect group. And when they got plugged into a connect group, uh, they, they got involved, they got there, and they're sitting and talking one night, and they're talking about their talents and how they use their talents. And, and Mike looks and he's like, well, I have a degree in, vi in video production. And like his connect group leader looks at him, he's like, dude, then why aren't you serving like on the, the video team that produces our live stream and that, that, that helps with shooting videos? And, and Mike has just gotten more and more plugged in as he's been, like he has these talents that he hasn't been using. His wife, Lauren, they're sitting there talking about what she can do. And she's like, well, you know, I have like, I have a degree in like early childhood teaching and well, why aren't you working in kids church? And can I tell you something? They're both working today. Mike's, Mike's up there. Mike's, Mike's helping with the live stream. 
Lauren is working in kids right now. She doesn't even know I'm talking. Well, she does know I'm talking about her. I checked with them first to make sure this is okay, that I, that I use them as an illustration. But I, you know, I got a chance to talk to them. They got really excited getting in a, in a connect group. And then from being in a connect group, they realized, you know what? Like I need to start using my talents and my gifts and my abilities because God gave me these things for a reason. Not so I can just be like, you know, oh, it's, it's something that I have, but I can use them to further his kingdom. And I don't know what talent you have. And you might be sitting there going, I have no talent. We talk about this in growth track. And so I just want to bring it in here. Um, is that I know a guy that he's a pastor of a church, a little old lady came up to him and she goes, I have no talents. And he looked at her and goes, really? She's like, no. And I'm 99% sure I've talked about this in here before. I have no talents. And he's like, what do you like to do? She's like, oh, I like to quilt. And he's like, all right, well, quilting is a talent. Like it's, it's something that you can do. So, so how can we use it? So he gets her connected with all these other ladies that like to quilt. Now they have a quilting connect group right? They have this quilting connect group. They have over 40 ladies in this quilting connect group. Now I'm pretty sure it's even bigger than that, but they just started getting together, sharing the Bible and started quilting. Well, now they're making quilts and those quilts are being distributed to, uh, to foster families. They're being distributed, uh, to missionaries overseas. They're praying over these blankets and then sending them to be able to help people in need. Listen, I don't know what your talent is, but God wants to use it. God wants to use it for his kingdom. And there is a huge difference, right? I'm going to be honest for a second. There is a huge difference. And I'm not just talking about in church, right? I'm not just talking about in church. But there is a huge difference between being a consumer and being a producer. A consumer looks and says, give me, give me, give me. A producer says, how do I use what God has given me? How do I make sure I have God's wisdom with my talents my talents, again, see, we all fall into it. It's very easy. How do I use wisdom and the talents that God has entrusted to me to be able to steward because they technically belong to him? How do I use those effectively? It's kind of like, I, I, I do not like Apple products. I don't. Don't like them at all. I don't own any. I do not own a single Apple product outside of an Apple TV. I don't own a single Apple product. But I own stock in Apple because I see a lot of other people like it. So I want Apple to do well. So I'm invested in it, even though I don't buy the product. But it's the same thing for us. When I am truly invested in something, I want it to succeed and I want it to do well. Am I invested in the kingdom of God with my talents to the point where I want it to produce? Not give me, I want it to produce. Am I using my talents to further the kingdom of God? Because that is stewarding our talents. And it's very easy to waste them. It is very easy to waste your talents. I went to, I played basketball all through growing up. I went to high school with a kid that should have gotten a scholarship at a division one school. Absolutely should have had a hands down easy, one of the best players I have ever played basketball with in my life but all he cared about was playing basketball and he didn't do the schoolwork side of it at all. Couldn't play basketball because he couldn't stay on the court because his grades wouldn't stay up because he didn't care. He didn't show up to class. It he is a, one of those examples of a waste of talent. Same thing when I got to college. I, went to, I got to college and there was a kid that had offers from division one schools but could not get recognized by the NCAA because he wouldn't go test and do the things that he needed to do. 
And I'm telling you what, this is the kid that I, this kid, I have never played basketball with anything like him. Like, he is absolutely one of the best talents I have ever seen. And growing up, I played against guys that are playing in the NBA right now. And this kid, by far, was better than all of them. But he wasted his talents. He didn't manage his time properly to be able to manage his talents properly. See, we want to say that waste of talents is something bad to say about somebody, but sometimes it's something honest about ourselves. Am I managing my talents properly to be able to further the kingdom of God? Right? The last T is that Solomon needed God's wisdom to manage his treasure. The treasure that God had given him. Just like Pastor Justin talked about last week, everything that we have belongs to God. Everything comes from him. He created it all. It all belongs to him. And now I'm called to be a steward of it. Solomon recognized this. Solomon wrote all of Proverbs, right? There's over 600 Proverbs in the book of Proverbs. Over 120 of them deal with money. There are over 800 references in scripture of money. It is one of the top five talked about things in all of scripture, simply because God recognized that money is one of the easiest things to trip us up. It is one of the simplest things for us to be tri- tripped up on. So if I'm going to be a good steward, right? And some of you are like, oh, great, here we go. The church is talking about money again. I am going to talk about money. And it's a good thing. We're, we're going to talk about the fact that, one, the, there's, there's a minimum bar set from God, and it's called a tithe, right? We're going to talk about tithing for a minute. Tithing is 10%. 10% of what I make going back to God right? It's an act of worship. It is not an act of obligation. It's an act of worship. It's an act of me looking and going, God, I recognize that 100% of what I have belongs to you. You only ask for a bare minimum of 10% back in return. And some of you are like, whoa, whoa, bare minimum 10%. That's a big number. It is a big number. And it is a step of faith to start giving 10% to God. But it's one of the few times in scripture where God looks and goes, challenge me. Give 10% and watch what happens. I've gotten to see this happen in somebody's life in the past couple months. In the past couple months, a guy I know sat down and his wife has been telling him for years, they need to start tithing. You need to start tithing. You need to start, we need to start tithing. And after a couple conversations with his connect group leader, some other people, he, he looks and he goes, all right. He, said, he went and he looked at his wife. He goes, we need to start tithing. And she's like, I've been telling you that for years. He's like, I know, but we need to start. You can't outgive God. Within a couple of weeks after that, God gave him a new job that he wasn't looking for, where he's making way more money than he was before. And God is just absolutely like, God is, God is our provider. Like, it's one of his names. God absolutely is your provider. He will always provide your needs. Always. And when I recognize that my time and my talents come from him, my treasure has to follow. It's a natural progression. Tithing is the bare minimum that God asks from us, 10%. 10%. And I know that that, like I said, that sounds like a big number, but I promise you, and I will, I will, I will put a guarantee out there that when you honor God with a tithe, he will give back to you in ways that you never knew you could get back. It may be in health, 
It may be in finances. It may be in all kinds of other ways. Who knows? We will never know. But God will provide when you are faithful and you honor him first with your first fruits, giving your best, giving him what he asks for. Here's a good measure of like where your heart's at when it comes to this, right? Because it's supposed to be an act of worship. So so I'm going to ask you a real question, all right? This is me asking real, real question. If, If all of a sudden tithing, offerings, stuff like that was no longer a tax write-off, would I still give just as, gener- just as generously and just as gladly? Ooh, come on now. If that doesn't cut anybody else as deep as it cuts me, right? If it wasn't for the fact that it was a tax write-off, would I still give just as generously and just as gladly to God? That's a big, deep self-reflection question because it truly is an act of worship. It truly is an act of giving to him. And, and if I'm honest, donating my time does not count as a tithe. That's me being a good steward of my time. It's a completely separate issue of me being a good steward with my treasure because those are two separate things. God asks us to, yes, donate our time as an act of worship unto him, but he is also very specific about donating our treasure as an act of worship unto him. And those are two very separate things that we have to make sure that we're doing a good job because we're going to be held accountable one day for both of those things. So tithing is just the basic starting point. Benchmark in the New Testament. So everybody's like, well, you know, tithing was Old Testament. Now we're in the New Testament. Jesus takes it a step further. Jesus always looking and he goes, all right, you know, you say this, but your heart says this. So let's deal with the issue of the heart. So now we got to deal with an issue of like, our heart is called to generosity. We see this in Mark 12, 41 through 44. We see the biggest thing of this is that they used to have these big places where people would come in and give it the temple. And they had these boxes, these big wooden boxes that people would come drop their money in, drop their offering in. And the rich guys would come in with giant bags of coins and just drop them in. So they would make these huge noises everywhere. And people would see how much they're giving. And people would be like, man, look how much that guy gives. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? Isn't he so good? And then this little old lady comes in, drops two coins in and walks away. And Jesus looks at his disciples. And I picture Jesus like chuckling in this moment. And Jesus kind of being like, hey, she just gave more than all of them did. Because they gave out of their abundance. She gave everything she had. Man, generosity is what we've been called to. If you read through the New Testament, it constantly references back to generosity being the benchmark for us being a good steward of our treasure. So would you say that you're stewarding God's treasures well? All right, so here's, here's the bottom line. Just like Solomon asked for wisdom, we need to ask for God's wisdom to be able to manage properly the things that he's entrusted to us. We need God's wisdom. We need the heartbeat of God. We need him. Solomon had this, but he also lost sight of it. So, so Solomon just, Solomon got to the point where he started messing it all up because he started chasing women and he started chasing wives and chasing things that weren't of God and chasing other gods and, and lost sight of all of it. But in the end, he came back and he looked at God and he said, God, I repent of everything that I've done. 
can you please, please forgive me? See, the last T, there's really four, is your testimony. God wants to use your testimony. Are you a good steward with the testimony that God has given you, the story that God has given you about other people? Are, are, you, are you good with the testimony that God has given you? Do you use it to be able to further the kingdom of God? I got to see this this past week. I, I've gotten to see this guy grow, um, and it's been huge. And, and it's been awesome seeing what God's been doing in his life. But this past week, he got a chance to jump on a Zoom call with a guy that lives super far away because he came out of a place of addiction where he was addicted to heroin to the point that he overdosed, should have died, and yet God saved and spared his life. And now he just jumped on the call with a guy who by all rights is going through the exact same thing. And he got to look at him and say, dude, let me tell you something. I know exactly what you're going through because I've been there and I've done that and I've lived what you're living. And let me tell you about what God's done for me. The testimony, the pain that you have gone through is something that God wants to use if you're willing to entrust your testimony to him. So three questions, right? Simple. One, how am I doing with being a good steward of God's time that he's entrusted me here on earth? We're here for a very short period of time. How am I doing with managing the time that God's given me here on earth? Number two, how am I doing with being a good steward of God's talents that he's entrusted to me here on earth? Am I using my talents to the best of my ability? Am, am I allowing God to use those, whether it's working in the church, whether it's working outside of the church, whether it's making sure I'm investing in my family? Like, am I really using my talents to the best of my ability for God? Number three, how am I doing with being a good steward of God's treasure that he's entrusted in me here on earth? Am I tithing? Am I being generous? Am I looking for opportunities to bless other people as God reveals it to me? And really, all of this comes back to, to two things. One, realizing that God is the owner. I am simply the steward. God is the owner. I am the steward. When I start looking at my time, my talent, my treasure, my testimony that way, it belongs to him. It doesn't belong to me. I'm just here to manage what he's entrusted to me. And one day I'm going to have to stand before him and say, God, here's how I managed what you trusted to me. Here's how I managed what you gave me. Man, am I going to look and be like, God, I did the best. Or am I going to look and be like, does a C pass, God? It's a passing grade, right? But how, how, how am I doing? And only you can answer that question for yourself because God has called each one of us to something different. God has given each one of us a, a measure of time, a measure of talents, a measure of treasure. God has given each one of us different measures of all of those things. And so each one of us have a different level of accountability, but, but in the end, we are all accountable to God. How are you doing? Are you seeking God's wisdom? Am I seeking God's wisdom? Are we seeking God's wisdom in how we manage our time, our talents, and our treasure? Or do I rely on myself more than I should? 
going to be something for you to reflect on this week. And my challenge to you this week would be, as you go through this week, look at areas where you look and go, man, that was not a good use of my time. God, how can I change the way that I'm using my time? You know what? I have this talent that I've never talked to anybody about. God, how can I, who can I talk to about using my talent the right way? And then looking at your treasure, one, am I tithing? And two, do I live generously? Do I give out of the abundance that God has has given to me? Am I a good steward? God, we thank you for just being able to come and say that that you love us. God, God, we thank you that you sent your son to die so that we could walk in relationship with you, God, so so that we can know that everything belongs to you and that we're called to be good stewards of that. God, help us to be good stewards and recognize that everything belongs to you. God, give us wisdom walking forward. Just help us and give us strength. God, we thank you for who you are. We praise you. We worship your holy name. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TowerHillNH. To give online, you can go to th.church/giving. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.